0: You're listening to a message from Every Nation Canberra. In this message, Pastor Joe uses James one verse twenty seven to talk about what true, genuine, and authentic religion really means. Good morning, everyone. It's it's good to see all of you. Why don't you say hello to the person beside you and say good morning? It's I'm so glad that you're here today with us. How are you doing? It's uh, getting a bit chilly now, but it's fine as long as you keep yourselves warm. We are Every Nation. uh, Canberra, we are here to exist to honor God by establishing Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, and socially responsible churches and campus ministries in Every Nation. In 2002, a designer named... Jeffrey Lubel started a denim clothing brand. He proposed, he wanted to do something different. So he started what he calls a five pocket jeans. And regular sewing machines cannot do that, so he actually modified a sewing machine to be able to do that five pocket kind of thing. And After a few years, it became an iconic brand and all hit American-made jeans that made it to the global market, with the likes of uh, Jennifer Lopez and other big-named Hollywood celebrities wearing those jeans, not necessarily endorsing them. It became a very, very big brand. And the rest was history. You might have heard of it, but what really got me curious was the name of the brand true religion. Surprisingly, if you type true religion on Google, there are about 4.4 trillion entries. The first few pages would be that. Not about some sort of religion. If you want to find out what true religion is, you'll be directed to a clothing website. Interesting, huh? It got me asking, what does a brand of jeans have to do with true religion. What got me thinking was how did he get that name? Why true religion? I was thinking maybe he's a Christian entrepreneur, right? But as you can see, there's like a Buddha on the logo of his brand. So I did a little research about this guy and I found one of the excerpts from a transcript from one of his interviews. And he said, of course, people were asking him, how he got the name. He said, there's only one religion, and that's people. And all the people in the world wear jeans. To him, this is what religion means. And To a certain extent, I see some sort of a connection. Religion is an expression of something that's inside of us. And for him, probably, the jeans, what you're wearing right now, is an expression of your style, your personality, You know, the cut-off jeans, I wouldn't wear that because I don't think it would fit me. But it looks great on other people. So it's an expression of who you are, your personality and your style preference. And since we all have a concept of what religion is, right? When you fill up a form, what's your religion? You have a concept of religion. And I believe for today, let's set aside that concept of religion and study what the Bible has to say about true religion. The Bible is our ultimate and final authority on the matter. What does the Bible have to say about true religion? In the ESV translation of the Bible, religion was only mentioned five times. Never in the Old Testament, mentioned five times in the New Testament. Two in the book of Acts, one in the book of Colossians, and two in the book of James. The book of Acts, it's, it was referring to the Jewish Christians. It was referring to Judaism. And in the book of James, it was referring to worthless religion if you don't bridle your tongue. And today, we will look at the very last time that religion was mentioned in the Bible in James chapter 1, verse 27. If you have your Bibles with you, please open it to James chapter 1, verse 27. If you don't have your Bibles with you, please scan this. It will lead you to a site where you can read the verse. And also, we have free Bibles there, courtesy of uh, our friends here. Of course, uh, you can take them home with you. So thank you to Ray and Shara for that. And can we ask Mickey to read the verse for us? Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Thank you, Mickey. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. We hope that you would open our hearts and our minds to the truth of what religion is and what it means to, to you, what, it please, what religion pleases you, and what it means for us as we live our lives daily in practice of our Christian faith. This we pray in Jesus' name, amen. This is an interesting verse because a lot of people, if you go to a lot of like, um, uh, sites that help orphans and widows, they use this as a verse to justify what they're doing, and there's nothing wrong with that. This is often referred to as a command. Like, true religion means you have to visit the orphans and the widows, but it's not. Visiting orphans and widows is something that God delights in, that God wants us to do. But literally looking at this command as that limits the definition of what true religion is, looking after orphans and widows. And this verse is not just about that. Don't limit yourself to just religion is, I mean, visiting someone who is a widow and going to the orphanage. This verse is not just about that. It's so much more. It's not asking us to do something, it's actually describing something. This is not prescriptive, this is a descriptive verse. And there is no command language in this, like, do this, be this. Instead, this verse is describing something that is pure and undefiled in its application and expression. Religion here does not refer to things about the church, not about us. It's not about the building, it's not the denomination, it's not every nation, it's not Christianity, it's not the organization. In its most distilled form, religion here is an outward expression of faith or a demonstration of something that is inwardly true. Religion is our right response to God. It is how we live our lives before God and before others. This section in James chapter 1 was not written as an instruction to the local church. This was written as an instruction to the individuals of the church. It is addressed to both you and myself. And this responsibility is something that we have to be accountable to God. We cannot blame the pastor, we cannot blame the church for us not being able to commit to this responsibility. James here is describing the purest and most undefiled expression of the gospel that people will see through us. And that is what religion is. He says religion that is pure and undefiled. Interestingly, the Greek word that was used to describe pure here is described as catharsis in English. It means cleansing. This is the word from the root from which the word cathartic is derived. It means to purge, to release, relieve, and cleanse. It is also the same root where we, we get the word uh, catheter from. And you know what it does? It, it's inserted into the body and drains toxic or potentially dangerous liquids from us. One of the most undefiled, the purest demonstration of the gospel in the eyes of God is that we visit orphans and widows. First, visit is a very strong word. It means to move forward, to get involved with. That's what visit means. And the tense of this word is not just an occasional act of charity or I feel like I'm going to do something good to someone today. The call is a habitual practice. It's progressive. It's an attitude. It is something that we do consistently. It means to keep caring, to keep visiting. There is intentionality in this act. It is something that you do not do because you are asked to do it because it is an overflow of what's inwardly true and genuinely true in your heart. This is not referred to just dropping by to say hello or probably... uh, visiting someone, the word visit here implies a consistent contact, a relationship, if you may say. And this is particularly challenging to most of us because we live in a world that tells us to avoid hard and broken places. We all work hard to make sure that we live good and comfortable lives, and there's nothing wrong with that. We have somehow become better at, you know, structuring our routines, So that our lives, you know, we can live our lives pretending that there's no need to reach out to individuals and vulnerable people in our community, the orphans and the widows. James is describing here the most marginalized people in his culture, the fatherless and the widows. People push them aside. They are not really important in the society. They cannot contribute anything to the society. If you are James Audgens and he's saying one of the most profound expression of your faith is by visiting the orphans and the widows, they would probably say, what, them? They were despised during those times. They were socially marginalized and socially vulnerable. I was saying a while ago that James here was not being prescriptive. I believe he's not saying only orphans and widows. So if we are to say to James, what about my friend who just recently lost a loved one? What about a homeless man on the street? Or what about a coworker who's struggling with her marriage? Or maybe a neighbor who's struggling to make both ends meet? James would not be saying, no, I'm only referring to widows and orphans. James would be saying, yes, those are the people that I'm talking about. James is describing what pure and undefiled religion is, what genuine faith is. He's saying that the most pure and undefiled expression of faith in the eyes of God, he says, before God the Father, the most pure expression of what you believe inside in the eyes of God is genuinely moving forwards, getting involved with broken and vulnerable people. Instead of moving away from broken people, we move closer to them. And you may say, why? And people will ask, why are you doing that? Are you crazy? This is a good time to actually tell them I'm doing this because I know and I appreciate and I believe and I'm thankful for what Jesus has done in my life. That's why I'm helping them. So we can say that one of the most undefiled and purest demonstrations of the gospel is to move towards hard places and broken people and not away from them. So the first characteristic of genuine faith, of a true, pure, and undefiled religion is service. This is what the verse is telling us. Jesus spent his life serving people, the poor, the sickest, those who cannot help themselves, those who are in dire need. Jesus did not teach Christianity to be self-serving. Remember that. We'd like to think we're helping others, right? But are we really? Because when we are genuinely helping others and self-serving them, it would require a formal self-sacrifice. We help others, we give up something. We serve others, we share something. Remember when Jesus asked the rich person to give up all his possessions to help the poor, he said, give everything to the poor and follow me. How many of us would be able to do that? If Jesus was to ask me right now to sell my house, sell my car, give all my money in the bank to the poor, I don't think I would be able to say yes immediately. That is what is asked of us. I just really don't know, and I'm just being honest. Remember, it's not enough that you say and you profess, you tell everyone you're a Christian. Religion is not something that you wear, like those jeans, for others to see and know that who you are, who you say you are. You can read your Bible every day. You can go to church every weekend, pray every day. But if that faith is not expressed outwardly in genuine love for your neighbor, then you are just religious. It is in this letter of James that we read the famous verse, faith without works is dead. I'll read it. In verse 14, it says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace. Be warmed and filled. I will pray for you, brother. But you do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? James is saying, Thus... Also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. You can pray for a person who's in need. But if you don't actually do something to serve that person, sacrifice a bit of what you have and share it with that person, then you're just being religious. Faith without works is dead. If you know someone who's in dire need, maybe you have a friend, a co-worker, or a family member, faith tells you to encourage and pray for that person. That's good. We do that automatically because we're Christians. But that is not enough. Your faith must be expressed outwardly through genuine acts of service. Pray for that person. But if you have a means, practical means of helping that person, help that person. You just don't pray for that person because he's hungry. Give him food. You just don't pray for that person because he's searching for truth in his life. Sit down with him and talk with him. Share Jesus to him. You can say, I will pray for you. But it would be better if you could find time out to be actually with that person. Be there personally for that person to know that you really care. Pure religion is simply love in action. And that is the love that, is expressed in the time we spend with God and the time we spend with other people. That means that your faith, your integrity, what you believe inside must have an external evidence. You can say you're Christian all you want, but if people don't see it, it's useless. It's not how many times you read your Bible or how much of the Bible you know. It's how many times you actually obey what you read. It's not how many times you go to church, but it's how many times you honor Jesus in your daily life outside of church. That is what matters. The sacrifice that we make for hard and broken people, that is true religion. That is what pleases God. God is not impressed with the money that you give to church or the devotion that you do every day, even if you walk through the aisle, kneeling and praying every day, it doesn't really impress God. Remember the Good Samaritan story? There was a Jewish man who was robbed, beaten. He was left for dead, right? The first two that came was a priest. The second was a Levite. He was an assistant of the priest. And the priest must be thinking, I will be late for the sacrifices at the temple. I'll be late for the worship. Or maybe I would be able to do the things that I do in the church. This man was not important to him. What was more important to him is that he could go to the temple and do his rituals. Do you think God was pleased with the priest? Who was not late in offering his services because, you know, he didn't mind if someone needed his help. He made it in time just for the worship service and the religious activities. I don't think God was pleased with him. But the good Samaritan, he had oil, he had wine, he poured it over the wound. He had a bandage with him, and he wrapped the wounds with the bandage. Oil and wine during that time was expensive. And he paid money from his own pocket. He actually put him on his donkey and checked him in in an inn, right? You remember that story. He didn't mind if he was going late. He didn't mind if someone was waiting for him. What was important for him was to help the person in need, at his point of need. That is what pure and undefiled religion is. That is what pleases God. Not what the priest would have been doing in the temple that night. Remember, the tense in the word visit is progressive. It means keep on visiting, keep on caring. It's not just one act of service because you want to do good today. It means keep on caring, keep on visiting, keep on serving. Until when? You might say, when do I keep caring? The answer is just just keep on, keep on helping. Keep on caring. It's the genuine love that you give, and it will never run out because that genuine love is the fruit of the Spirit. You will always have enough of that love when you need it. Remember, the good Samaritan followed up on that man. The verse says, the next day he paid the innkeeper for whatever it costed the man for his accommodation. And you know what he said? I will return again to pay whatever expenses he incurs. This is a progressive thing. It's not that I will help you today and tomorrow I'll forget about you. I will be back again to pay the expenses, the rest of the expenses. Jesus said, if someone asks you to come one mile, go two miles. If someone wants to get your tunic, give him your cloak as well. There's an act of generosity that is asked of us. Not just, I'll give you what I have in excess. There is an element of sacrifice when we practice true religion. Pure and undefiled religion is shown in how you serve others, how you serve your wife, how you serve your children, how you treat your co-workers, how you serve your boss. Let your service be an outflow of God's love within you. Let it be the kind of relentless, radical, and endless love that God has given all of us through Jesus Christ. The second characteristic of pure and undefiled religion is this surrender. We read it in the last part of the verse keep oneself unstained from the world. In other versions, keep oneself from being polluted by the world. There is a lot of pollution in the world. And I'm not talking about the pollution that makes you, you know, uh, deep heart, breathe harder. We're talking about the pollution that can ruin your faith and stain your heart and your mind. That is why we are commanded in the Bible, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your spirit, of your mind. It simply means to completely surrender ourselves to the will and purpose of God in our lives. It means that every service that you do is an expression of your faith flowing out out of your complete surrender to God in love. Because our minds are constantly attacked every day from the moment we wake up. The world wants us to adopt a mindset which many of are in stark contrast to God. what God wants us to embrace. We have a lot of distractions. I'm guilty of this as well. Every day that keeps us from serving our true master. Jesus said you cannot serve two masters at the same time, whether it's money or anything else that competes with your time for the Lord. We have a lot of excess noise. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Netflix, world news. How much of it do we consume every day? How much screen time do we put our minds and hearts to every day. I'm not saying it's bad, but once it gets in the way of your true worship to the Lord in the time that you give, then there's something wrong with your priorities. If you leave them unchecked, it will be a big part of the digital junk that we put into our lives every day. Some would rather post something about themselves than actually inviting someone for coffee. Like you can spend a lot of time taking your selfies and, you know, taking a picture of where you are. It's life in Australia, it's nice. But do you actually find time to invite a friend? Let's have coffee. I just want to pray for you and see how you are doing. Other are, others are more con- concerned with how they influence people with their posts right? then taking time to actually visit someone who is in need. As I said last week, a lot of us are busy media multitasking when there are real people around us who we can talk to, spend time with, embrace, teach, give our attention and serve. We are in this world. This presence we are in is a reality that we cannot deny. But we are called to be, not to be part of it. We are called to be unstained by it. This is the meaning of being holy and living a holy and righteous life, to be set apart. We are not to engage in the sinful activities of the world and keep ourselves unstained from the world. That is what true religion is. And it's not easy, we face the battle every day. And that's why it's important to surrender everything to the Lord on a daily basis. Every day, let's talk to God in prayer and ask God, Lord, here is my heart. Search it. If you find anything in my heart that does not please you, please take it away from me. Lead me in the way that pleases you. So what is religion that is acceptable to the Lord? The kind that pleases the Lord is genuine faith that is expressed not in our religiosity, but in our love for others, in our service to those who are in need, and in our complete surrender to the will of God. I just want to challenge all of you today. When you step out of those doors after this, remember, pure religion is what you do out there. It is not what people see you do here. It is what people see how you live your life outside of the church, outside of your religious activities that matter. Attending church every Sunday doesn't make you a Christian. It is how you live your life outside the four walls of this room that tells the whole story. God is not impressed With any show of religiosity, he's more concerned on how you show your love to him by loving others. Who would you be a good Samaritan to this week? Think of a person who needs your help. There could be a hurt stranger that you can reach out to. Who will you invite to your home this week? Who will you spend your time with? How will you treat your spouse this week? How will you treat your in-laws, your friends, your co-workers, your boss? How you live your life in response to what Jesus did on the cross. That is true religion. That's all stand. Let's give God a praise. You just heard a message from Every Nation Canberra. For more podcasts and for more information on Every Nation Canberra, please visit EveryNationCanberra.org. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash EveryNationCanberra and on Instagram at Instagram.com slash We meet every Saturday at 104 The Valley Avenue, Gungalin. Would you like to be connected to a tag group? Email us at EveryNationCanberra at gmail.com.